This week's pod is supported by Manscaped. Manscaped is just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. And now you can be one of the first people in England to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Manscaped is a skin-safe trimmer for below-the-belt shaving. Uh, their 7,000 RPM motor has quiet stroke technology. And I know you fellas like a quiet stroke. So they tell us that Manscaped's technology will make your testies their besties and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NQAT at manscaped.com. That's code NQAT for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Ed, well, back from an international break. We are. And um, we've got loads to talk about. Oh. Oh, so, so much. This is going to be a content-packed show that you should all definitely listen to it all. Fill us in on the international break then, Paul, because I watched no minutes, precisely no <laughs> minutes of international football. Yeah, that is the commensurate number of minutes of international football which I watched during the break. Um, I think England were knocked out cruelly of their bid to become back-to-back third-place UEFA Nations League people. Yes. Well, that's um, something to do with losing to Belgium and Denmark in the previous two games, I think. But uh, I, I, think so. I spent more yeah. time working out how you qualify from and the format of the Nations League than I did actually watching any of it. So very confused because there were Euro... Uh, playoff games going on at the same time as the Nations League game and then the World Cup draw happens next week or something so (laughs) qualification is very confusing I mean the fact that Euro 2020 is going to be in 2021 tells you how confusing this has all got I mean the thing that was extra confusing is a lot of the teams in the playoffs that were happening were in the playoffs because of the previous Nations League. This was like the coming to fruition of the previous. So lots of teams that that are going to now be in the Euros. Scotland, um, I think Hungary, although they might have qualified from the groups for a playoff stage. Um, Did North Macedonia make it to the Euros? Is that a thing that really happened? Um, Well, that's the thing that you said that happened. I I didn't check the veracity of that claim. Right, okay. I I, I don't know, maybe I'm completely... No, but yeah, because Goran Pandev scored in their playoff and they're going okay. they're going to the Euros. So that's quite remarkable. Um, England stuffed Iceland 4-0 in cold-hearted vengeance for them. 2016. Provo- yeah. 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 Hmm. That game I was always like quite glad that England lost because there was a guy in the crowd that had Brexit 16 on his back because it was just, it was like the day after or two days after the vote or something that's right yes i i was uh i do remember that game it was like four in the morning or something because i was in beijing at the time i think right yes anyway um uh, so and then that all that all ended and everyone was like yay united are back <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> yes and their excitement about united lasted for i don't know the first five minutes were pretty good it looked really like buzzy 
Um, Martial nearly scored the Chicharito goal with the back of his head. Yeah, that was only just a few minutes in, wasn't it? And then he had a great chance not long after that, which he fluffed somewhat. Uh, Did you enjoy Saturday night football? Yeah, well, I enjoyed it because I already had plans before I realised. I mean, I say plans. They were on the computer, obviously, like all plans nowadays. Um, But yeah, so I had it on in the background while I was playing Among Us with some friends. Um, And every time I looked up, something fairly interesting was happening. But I understand that's mostly just because I didn't look up that much um, at the game. I've watched the the highlights back and it, it looks like sort of, quite a good game in in highlights like some pretty big chances for united west brom got close a couple of times there's some contentious penalty stuff but um ultimately everyone's takeaway on this game seems to be it was really boring yeah well i thought the first half was pretty dull uh, i mean yes Mar- martial tried to hit it in with the back of his head after a minute he had a very good chance after about 15 or so uh, where um, he just, I mean, it was around about the penalty spot and you'd expect him to tuck it away and he didn't. Sam Johnston made one of several saves on the night. H United some player. good ones too. Yeah, he made some good ones. He seemed to be on it, which, you know, for for United fans of a certain age, that brings back some awful memories of goalkeepers pulling out their career best games just when United to win needed to win but I mean obviously this was not a crucial game and we may find out at the end of the season whether it's the difference between something and nothing or not at the moment it's looking like uh, not Um, but that was about it for the first half couple of good chances I mean United obviously had loads of the ball had the best chances Um, you know you could make an argument for United deserving to win in some way, but in the end, there just wasn't enough intensity, not enough of the best chances created, not enough killer instinct in in those few chances that United had um, for it to amount to much, really. And this is a West Brom side that hadn't won yet this season. And I think one of the frustrating things, which is obviously not an original idea, this one being pointed out by uh, everyone and their dog, that going into this game with two holding players, two at number six, even if that's a kind of a formation that has worked for United in recent games, at home against West Brom with two number sixes seemed a bit like overkill. And we kind of got that performance. Yeah, I mean, I guess the selection of Matic over McTominay is broadly speaking an attacking change at this point because Matic is not much cop defensively, but he is good at picking a pass and and we have been kind of sorely lacking in the picking of passes but the the having Matic matter the center backs like this is we're back to slow 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 aren't we um and there's obviously pace on the pitch but n- not perhaps not enough of it and it's interesting that matter seems to have sort of reclaimed a first team slot I, I do think yeah, Before I do wonder how long, long that will last. I mean, he had that one good game at Newcastle, and, and that, was that was it, it. right? Yeah. Um, the the thing I was going to say is, we're going to talk a lot about this game, and then we're going to talk about what's coming next, and blah, 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 blah. I just want to, like, preempt this um, in a way by saying, I actually think that the wildly harsh criticism that has been flying around is perhaps a little misguided, given the scale of the challenge of squad management that is being faced here 
And the fact that this game comes after an international break where all the players are just absolutely exhausted and we're in November and it's about to get really crazy, you know, playing within themselves. All the players that were away and played, of course. I mean, many of them didn't, but many of them did. De Gea went away with Spain, didn't play. He seems to have lost his place in the the Spanish team. Uh, Not to Kepa. Um, uh, Tellez went away, had this drama with the coronavirus test. Looks like it was a false positive, not least because he tested positive for coronavirus previously. All very confusing. Um, Maguire played. Lindelof didn't go because he had this ankle injury, right? So um, Wambazaka didn't go. Fred didn't go. Matic, I don't know, actually. Is he still playing international football, Matic? Not sure. Rashford didn't go. Fernandez did matter. Didn't go. Martial did, but he got a minor knock. He played one game for France and then set out the next. So you know, it's a, it's half I'm, squad I'm, with having played. Yeah, yeah, and I'm almost talking about like some of the selection choices and stuff as well. You know, maybe erring towards the players that didn't go at the cost of some of the yeah. cohesion that you uh, might and have I'm, got. And no doubt, look, and I have sim- sympathy for. Ollie, of course, loads of sympathy because he's going to be in this situation where he's managing so many games this season, plus absolutely pointless international fixtures. I mean, it's one thing, competitive fixtures, whether we can call the Nation League that yet or not, I don't know. I mean, do we care about it? Uh, but the friendlies are winning because it was three international games and, and teams stuck friendlies in there as well, or for some it, no, it's in the middle of a pandemic with travel and all of that kind of stuff. I, I mean, it was so bonkers that Norway had a game, I can't remember who they were facing now, and they had so many players that had to isolate because of club or international or travel restrictions that they had to call up players from all around Europe. I had one player who who was like in the third division in France or something like that. So um, I, I just, I know it's about money and I know it's about... Um, the fact that all the international associations or spe- specifically UEFA and FIFA are trying to stay relevant and fighting for relevance and fighting for money. Um, but it, it doesn't half seem extremely, um, some extremely poor choices being made, you know, for player health and safety and welfare because of the amount of fixtures they're playing and the risk the extra risks they get with travelling around and mixing with different groups. So loads of sympathy for Ollie. He's got to manage all of that. And he's got to manage the number of club games and the fact that there are so many club games of a great intensity. He can't really rest players for the Champions League because when he does, we get what happened last time out in Istanbul. And and so he's he's got a lot to manage. That said, it's the same for a lot of managers, and yeah. you know, and 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 managing the squad and managing in game is going to be a key skill. Yeah, and it's a problem. It's a it's a real problem. And it was, you know, I mean, that's United's first home win of the season in the league. That's uh, genuinely remarkable. And it was not exactly a, a comfortable and confident win. And another game with no goals from open play and relying on a penalty now often we've relied on penalties where you could go well actually we've worked these penalties with really good attacking play and this is like the reason that United get so many penalties for the most part is that quite a lot of intricate passes and movers in the box this one was one of those where you just whack it in the direction of the box it clips the player's hand in a way that 
is like incredibly harsh to punish, but properly accurate, probably accurate within the rules. You get the penalty, it gets saved in, and then in a way that is definitely within the rules, but unquestionably harsh. He has to retake it. You know, it's it, it was another one of these like awful robot football. It is. I mean, games. but you have to have boundaries. I, I think someone was suggesting on Twitter today, which Sam Johnston then replied to, that uh, goalkeepers should be allowed the freedom of their six-yard box. But but you, all you're doing is shifting the line that you have to stick to six yards forward. <laughs> I mean, which, who knows, you know, le- less reaction time, narrower angles. Um, so I suspect that, you know, hands more advantage to the keepers. But we'd then be still going, well, was he ahead of the six-yard box or not ahead of the six-yard six box? It's just an arbitrary line or not even that arbitrary. It's a painted line. Um, and this is why we had those rules and, you know, it's the same argument with, with offside, not offside. And it, it feels robotic because we've got machines helping us do it, um, but correct. And I suspect all goalkeepers are going to have to go through this before they learn something. Uh, for the for the retake, he came off his line as well. So, I mean, <laughs> he, he hadn't learned, he's not a quick learner, Sam Johnson, but he'll have to learn. Well, it... It's it's incredible. It's like it's incredibly hard to learn, because your whole penalty saving technique is based on the little half step forward and and then go. So you're shifting your weight and then you're moving yourself side one side or the other. Without that weight shift, it's 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 got to feel really weird muscle memory wise, given how many penalties they would have dipped, like trained against and you know all of that stuff. For sure. Yes, uh, it's it's interesting that two Bruno. Well, he's he's had uh, three penalties saved actually. Bruno has now, and two of them have uh, been retaken because of encroachment. So it's the only way you can stop him. And and the other yeah. one, and the one and one one time something yeah. happened, but we don't talk about that. Um, before that, West Brom had a penalty given and ruled out. I mean, to me, like there was a lot of talk about whether this was controversial or not. I. Don't fully understand. I mean, it, it looked to me like a very clear-cut case that the referee had misread the the action in real time and, in fact, Bruno got the ball, not the man, and then clipped him afterwards rather than... which is probably the contact that the referee heard if he did hear contact. But that one looked fairly clear-cut to me. I wonder if, if it had been the other team... No, I'm, I'm pretty sure if it was a West Brom player fouling Bruno in that way, he would, I'd have gone, that's not a foul, he's got the ball kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to second guess by rose-tinted glasses here, red-tinted glasses, um, to to what my reaction was. But I, I, look, I, I like the fact they have the monitor with VAR. I think it makes the system much, much better because it then becomes a tool for the referees to go off and use to improve their own standard. He's He then has to make a judgment, and we're never going to get away from that judgment part of football because you know unfortunately it's or fortunately and this is why we love it it's a very dynamic sport it's it's not exactly like drs in cricket or hawkeye in tennis where you know to to within fractions of a millimeter you can be sure or not sure um something like this it's it's just a tool for the referee to use and i think it's much better for it um and i you know i for what it's worth, I, I agree with your assessment. I think Bruno's got the ball, and the follow through is is you know not hard at all. And and the player made as much of he as he could of it as you would in that kind of situation. And and it was probably the right call to overturn it. I can understand why uh, some of the West Brom players might have been miffed about that one. 
um, especially since uh, then there's a penalty the other end. Uh, yeah, I mean, miffed, miffed that it happened, but not. I mean, I don't know how you could look at that decision and be miffed that it had gone the way it went because it's not a foul. Yes, West Brom Twitter were not in agreement with you from what I saw. Yeah, okay, it's, it's a small group. Yeah, that's the 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 nature of football fans, I suppose. Um, I think the the penalty United got. It's a stupid rule, but that's the rule. That's that's a penalty under the current interpretations as I un- as I understand them, the limited way to which I understand them. Yeah. Yeah. It is fine. Yeah. And then Rashford sort of probably scored. Uh very good later chance on. late on. Yeah. Yeah. His season hasn't really come to life yet, has it? I mean he just, had this injury that. that kept him out of the shoulder injury, I think. Kept him out just of the, the Leipzig, games. The Leipzig hat trick. That's that's, that's it, the yeah. Like ten really good minutes this season, um, and a lot of absolutely miraculous minutes off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, that's right. Um, obviously, uh, continue doing the good work off the pitch. We want to uh, some of it on the pitch as well. Um, not that these things are mutually exclusive, of course. And and of course, you know, the other big talking point from the whole game was the fact that Pogba wasn't available. He did play for France, picked up an ankle injury. It's worrying. It's a thing that cost him most of last season. Um, Of course, there was an awful lot of talk about him uh, because he did did this interview with um, um, French TV over the break. The the audacious gall to say that he liked his international teammates. I know. What, What a scumbag. What a scumbag. Listen, Pogba said some questionable things on international duty and Pogba's been absolutely garbage this season on the pitch. And this was absolute nonsense that people just wanted that what they already believed to be confirmed by a mistranslated remark. Like, very, very non-controversial what he said. He said, I'm not saying anything. He literally said, I'm not saying anything bad about, of course, you know, like my time at the club, basically, he said, but we have a magical connection in the national team. They won the World Cup together. Like, he's not saying, oh, you stupid Man United scum. Listen, it doesn't mean there's no problem with the Pogba United situation, but this isn't the no, problem. No, no, exactly. With the yeah, United I mean, um, Fabrizio Romano from the Guardian and other outlets um, copied and pasted that tweet because it was on a, another website. I followed the trail, uh, and it was just a very, very poor translation. He didn't say that. In fact, it was a poor translation and two parts of his interview smashed together to make it look like it was one quote, um, which happens quite a bit, I have to say, and. And you know he he does um, he does interviews, and I suppose you know if you was, if if you were Pogba and you wanted to stay clear of bad headlines, you might do no interviews. But you know, just just as an example, right? Olivia Giroud yesterday did an interview, um, or a couple of days ago, did an interview saying he's not getting any game time at Chelsea, and he probably has to leave as a result. He thought it was going to be different. He was told it was different, and therefore he now needs to go. I mean. No, I can you see the world melting down because everyone's going, Yeah, oh, yeah, all right, fair enough. You know, you're just being honest. Um, and uh, you know, Pogba says something that's not even remotely crucial, controversial when the world melts down. And of course, it's that you know, it's there for clicks. And and uh, you know, our friends in the fourth estate are doing that because they know it will get traffic and, and it generates excitement. And but you know, there's quite a few United 
fans with large audiences who who um who seem to enjoy sort of fanning the flames of that too yeah because i was gonna say the the fourth estate stuff's all very well but it has a real it has real life consequences and i guess not quite real life in this case but close to real life consequences where you've got like lots of perfectly normally reasonable united fans and and basically this is because everyone is sick of pogba right that's that's what the reality is and you know you can understand why people are sick of some of this stuff i mean in the last international break he did say of course any player would love to play for a club like real madrid and zidane is one of my heroes or something to the those words not literally the second part but the first part almost word for word and that is that's that is incendiary in its way that's fine like i don't mind people getting annoyed about that um and he's been rubbish this is the thing he's been rubbish this season like really bad um he's had a couple of impactful substitute appearances but he's not played well from the start in a single game no no season. that's true you know and, and the mitigating circumstances we talked about a lot and and ollie did the other week as well in referencing um the coronavirus which he said had impacted him quite a bit um but but the other thing to 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 say about this you know for all the people who want him gone do you think united will be better united won't be better one iota when he's left it's not going to change the future of the club it's not going to change his team around it isn't suddenly going to get better there will be less drama right but the drama only exists because you're reading the newspapers and clicking through to the articles that are creating the sensational stuff. I don't think it's in the dressing room, you know, that everyone's going, oh, loved. you did an interview with TF again, you know, out of yeah. here, Pogba, on your bike, son, you know. Yeah. It's, um, it, it doesn't, I mean, like, stand to be corrected over the course of time. Uh, it doesn't seem that the Pogba situation is creating ripples in the dressing room and that's an issue. Now, if if you told me that United will sell him for loads of money and all that money would be reinvested sensibly and intelligently in the right kind of players that would take United forward, I'd say you're lying to me because that's never happened since oh, yeah. May 2013, you know? Yeah. Or if you've well, got a crystal ball that tells me that United suddenly get it right, then great. I mean, that's a long... It also, May 2013 is a remarkably generous date to set for when that last happened because it's not like United reinvested money from big player sales in, oh, I don't know, 2009 well. It's just they had the greatest manager in what, history. What are you talking about? You, you're saying uh, Michael Owen and Gabriel Obertan and uh, Antonio Valencia weren't, weren't, uh, weren't sound investments in Take United forward. 2009 Champions League final. Well, okay, well he was there. 2011 Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the in the five seasons after that transfer was conducted, United um, is it five seasons? So 2010, 11, 12, 13. No, in the next four seasons, United won. 50% of the leagues that were conducted and the two they lost, they lost by one point and goal difference in the last minute of the season. So, you know, it worked out fine, but that's because of Fergie and not because of well-executed transfer strategy because the transfer strategy has been a joke for a really long time at United. In fact, all the way through the Glazer era. Sure. Yeah, no, no, true, true. And and because they need their final sign-off on, on everything that's done and they won't modernise 
anything because they need the final sign-off on everything that's done because it's associated with their business model, not the business of buying players sensibly. And, and you know, I, I know this was a mega diversion from what was a sort of discussion about West Brom um, and then Pogba. Um, but, you know, the the idea that we boot Pogba out and everything's better because no, he riles you up because there are a few quotes, you know, mis- misquoted quotes on many occasions or, you know, marginal interviews such as the one about uh, every club would love to play for, every player would love to play for Real Madrid and Zidane's my hero, which I thought was you know, kind of harmless, that one, to the, yes, I'd like to play for Real Madrid, sort of stuff you know on a continuum like it's not going to make your life better that he's gone maybe he winds you up for some reason but i suggest that's because you're reading too many of the things yeah i mean also though i i do think his performances have been i mean i I am i'm a huge paul pogba defender and will continue to be i find him a lovely player to watch um i was incredibly excited when he signed for united i i've enjoyed lots of the moments that he's provided since then from big moments to small moments he he can do things with the football that no one else in our team can do but we haven't seen much of that lately hopefully that is because i mean last season a complete write off for him and not because his head was elsewhere but because his ankle was elsewhere and this season if it is because of coronavirus then you know i i i really hope he he, yeah, you know, takes advantage and, of the and rest look, and people, gets people well. People push and... back on that argument, both the injury and and the coronavirus argument, and the other injuries he's had, and 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 say, well, you know, he, he doesn't want it enough, and he doesn't really, he was never really injured, and and all of that kind. Yeah. Of, there is that pushback for sure, you know, and it's con- but he it's was never really conspiracy inju- theory stuff, but- of course. Exactly, like that. That's almost like you just need to know platform that argument. Like, why are we, why are we giving voice to the idea that he wasn't really injured last season? Any push, that's like Trump saying he lost the election, he won the election. Like, it just is a thing that didn't actually happen. That people have got it in their like obsessively um, certain of nonsense they read on the internet. What I think Pogba should do, just you know, just to solve this problem once and for all, he should. Go on national television, hold a press conference and get really hot and sweaty and let his hair dye drip down his face and and everyone would feel much better about it. No, that's not the right analogy. He's not that's not he's not that person in the, oh, I know, in I the know. <laughs> It wasn't an analogy, it was a joke. Um anyway, uh <laughs> so um yes, the whole press conference was a joke and yeah. Anyway, I, look, I hope Pogba's back, and I do understand um, he has not turned out to be the player that we all desperately wanted him to be for enough of his time with United. I think he's had many exactly. excellent games um, and many excellent moments, um, but it doesn't all stitch together to be the player we want. And nope. But that is true of many, many, many players that have been brought into our club because it's hard to bring players into a club and it doesn't always work out. And more more than anything, it's hard to bring in players into this club in the state it's been in for almost all of the time. Now, that really does go back to May 2013. That's the cutoff. You know, ever since then, it's been a shambles. And the players that have come in, you know, there's no player that... There's lots of players that have burnt brightly and done really exciting things and looked really promising. But there's absolutely no one, not one player. Are they all rubbish? 
Like, is that how it is? Is every player that's played for United since 2013 just rubbish? Or is the situation, has the situation been so many different varieties of toxic and unmanageable that they simply haven't been able to consistently express themselves? Name one player who's been consistent since 2013. No, I can't. I can't. I don't think there is one. No. No, there. I mean, like, or, or, or yeah, no. From from prior to that time, I mean, it's only David De Gea that remains now, um, and Phil Jones. And Phil Jones. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, now that Mike Smalling's been sold, uh, yeah. and 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 of all the players, I mean, you know, I once did a spreadsheet uh to not, not i don't think i haven't shared it um just to kind of go through it's just, this is just what you do for fun yeah that, that's it <laughs> yeah uh i've got lots of friends okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um uh, i just think i shared it with you and tom which was you know just a kind of um green amber red on on all the purchases united made and i think it's it's a tiny handful that have been unequivocal successes a tiny yeah. handful, and, a few on the marginal uh, side of things, um, but you know, no doubts. What have we got? Yeah, Bruno. So, yeah, you can't say Bruno's no doubts. By the way, a lot of play, lot of people, plenty of doubts about Bruno. I mean, the fact that I don't know if you've ever known, known about this. Ed, that I'm about to say, this might be new information to you, but I don't know if you know, he gives the ball away 25% of the time he has it. I don't know. I had never heard that. Come across never, that. never. <laughs> um, I, lo- I love Bruno, but there's there's doubts even about him. So, sure. uh, I mean, you can't doubt his, his numbers, although a lot of them have been penalties. Quite a lot of penalties. <laughs> really have been a lot of his goals. Have been good, good number of assists, though, as well. Yeah, very good. And, very, you know, very and good. Look, that's what he does. He puts up good numbers. And uh, yeah. but, but look, in the, in the team, De Gea, a couple of poor seasons. I mean, he's been okay this season. Wan-Bissaka, I mean, good first season, but doubts about what he could be you know he's not a real well oh, we rounded player we, i'm not going to run through, through more, it, but we've but like, we just have a, this conversation every week about each of these players yeah, I, fine um but but in this team plenty of players that that i mean all of them except for bruno even yeah. sir marcus um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And and Martial, who had a you know interesting game yesterday because actually i thought it, apart from the misses he was quite effective yeah he's a really good number nine um, but doubts about him as well because he's had one. I mean, apart from his first season where he got a good number of goals, he's had one season in his five at United. That yeah, uh, and the, the the point that I'm making ultimately is actually not about the quality of the players. That's kind of the opposite to the point I'm making. It's like sure. it's the level of judgment on, about the quality of the players, given that it's every single one of them. Then you have to start to look at the structures the coaching, the managerial decisions, because, you know, they've not had a single sane managerial appointment in this whole process. Uh, Well, uh, progressive managerial appointment. Uh, All the managerial appointments have either been crazy or regressive. Those are the two categories. And I think they all so, go into the first. Honestly, I mean, well, Mourinho, Mourinho wasn't a crazy appointment. That was you, you, there was every chance that he would 
force a league title out of that squad, you know. And then burn it to the ground. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is crazy. He did better than the league title, though. He finished second, which was the greatest achievement a manager could ever have. Um, I, I, you know, I had a brief discussion uh, with um, Wayne Barton, friend of the show, who's um, been on here a couple of times to talk about his books um, uh, about this, and you know, he's uh, he's of the optimistic bent, uh, and was um, being optimistic on Twitter. So I, I had to. Um, interject with some of my cynicism which you know I think United's mediocrity as a club is planned you know if if the Glazer family wanted this club to be successful assuming they knew how to do that which you know they don't but assuming they did and they wanted to be successful the amount of money that United generates could generate a very successful club that was fighting for the title pretty much every year because we'd have the right kind of appointments in place to get the right players to give the tools to the best managers. Um, and and it all flows down from there. And, and, you know, adding on that, a squad that's unbalanced, plenty of players that aren't good enough, uh, and a manager who's still trying to prove himself all the time and, and will be. And we're coming up to, um, we're, well, we're what, a month away from his second anniversary in the job. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know whether he'll make a third. He might do. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of, like, a lot of kind of, uh, I don't know, rallying calls to not be too negative about the game yesterday and it's a decent result. And we were we were rubbish often under Fergie is a, is a common refrain. It's like... <laughs> Missing some context mean. out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We definitely were often like rub- fairly rubbish one nils were somewhat routine under Fergie, but they weren't the best it got. <laughs> they were they weren't the good exceptions to the rule. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. should we? Um... Anyway, look, there have been times. You know, just just a final thought. There have been plenty of times um, during Ollie's reign in which United have played great football, really exciting football. Yeah, probably the best football of. The post-Fergie era, in terms of its sort of style and flair, this yeah. was not it, and it's nope. not been that at all this season. Apart from against Leipzig. Apart from against Leipzig for ten minutes, because that first half was quite rubbish against Leipzig as well. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, talking of Leipzig, Van der Beek started this that game. This this was this is it is getting weird. By the way, like I know it's early, it's still early. Not jumping any guns. Remember Fabinho in his first season at Liverpool hardly played, so long way to go. But it's, start, it's starting to feel a bit weird. The Van der Beek just a little, just a little starting to cross over from like the oh, way over the top overreaction to the first couple of games to now starting to look at it like side eye, side eye emoji. Going, this is this is, this is a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, look, he has been bought to be Bruno Fernandes' understudy, and that is the only role which Oli will consider him for, unless it's a, off the bench to play off the left or whatever, uh, which is what he did yesterday. So it's it's very odd when you have so many holes in your squad and this was the purchase made. Kind of smacks of opportunism. But the, the thing about him more than anything else is, like, he's really good and you should definitely try and get him in the team. Because he's quite often, I don't stop me if this is A, too radical, or B, you've heard this one before. But when he's been on the pitch, he's often looked like United's sort of most functional passer of the ball on the pitch. I don't is that is that wild to say? 
he he has many qualities which I'd like to see in the 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 team, and I reckon a home game against West Brom would be uh, the ideal one to try that out. But maybe it will indeed be a home game against Istanbul Başakşehir. here. Um, let's take a little break and then come back and talk about that one. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Um, we're playing Istanbul again because the games just keep coming, because we've had our two-week break now, and now no break until March. Just two Man United games to watch, and then in our case, have to talk about, and in your cases, for some reason, choose to listen to us talk about um, between now and then. Is this going to be a return to the glorious, exciting first two games of United's Champions League campaign, or will it be more bang-average home form uh, struggling to break down a committed deep-lying defence. They beat us, didn't they, uh, in Istanbul? They did, with some of the most laughable defending you'll ever see from a, a United team. Um, they, so Istanbul, um, they, they lost to Bajiktas, and um, also from Istanbul, as many of the big teams in Turkey are. Um, at the weekend, so not good. They've they've actually not been on a very good run this season. No, um, they lost a friendly the week before that. To uh, well, global nationalism is like reactionary right wing nationalism does appear to be slightly on the decline again. So maybe maybe this is modelled in their yeah performances. No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so I mean they um, they had won four uh, Super League games before that. Uh, but they are in sixth place in the the league, you know, not um, not pleasing their paymasters, I'd say. There, they they ought to be careful about that one. Um, and look, um, more seriously, they they are they are not a great side. This is this is not a side that United should be losing to. And there was um, Harry Maguire said after the last one, he he kind of asked this question about whether it was complacency. <laughs> Which I have to say, if you're a Manchester United player, there shouldn't be any of uh, at all. Um, but he did mention it because of the the five 0 win against Leipzig, um, and and so yeah, now it now it because of that loss in the last game, it's really critical that United win this game, which would put the team in a good position, nine points and four games. But United play Leipzig. And then Paris Saint-Germain in the the last two games, and they could end up becoming really crucial. Yeah, I mean, this one is absolutely must-win, isn't it? But the really sad thing about this game, though, is that um, there's no fans there. And the fact that Raphael is coming back to Old Trafford with no supporters is genuinely slightly heartbreaking because the amount of... Like, he is a player who was really, really, really well-liked at Old Trafford anyway and has just... A bit like Patrice Everett, you know, since he's left, the estimations in which he's held have just gone up and up and up and up and up because it comes abundantly clear what an obsessive red he is. Um, and, yeah, really sad that he's not going to get the hero's welcome he so richly deserves. It's a shame, yes, and he won't even be able to go find a local pub and uh, get the hero's welcome there either. Uh, so, I mean, look, I couldn't tell you what team it's going to be. It's going to be very close to to what we had at the weekend, I assume. I mean, there's got to be some rotation. 
I mean, maybe Cavani's had enough minutes now to come into the the team. There's going to have to be some rotation because there's just so many games. I, it's twelve in the next how many weeks? Yeah, we worked it out last time, so we don't need to repeat yeah, it. Yeah, but. whatever. It's 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 definitely um, two games a week for the next um, six weeks, uh, and then we're into the new year. Just bonkers, and then I think yeah, it's way it's more than two games a week, and then over the next six weeks, it's two games a week for the next five, and then about seventeen games. (laughs) Yeah, bonus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, we can have Christmas with our families, but you can watch eight games a day, no problem. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, like probably not going to cover those on podcasts because I'm having Christmas off. my my first two weeks off of the year so and unbelievable what, what were you saying you, you have two weeks over christmas that's like 12 games yeah it's too bad i'm i don't want to get a muscle injury Raymond <laughs> um, Verheyen would have my back on this um but the 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 point being some rotation is probably necessary is McTominay all right like, yeah, there, I mean, there... Ollie, Ollie said he just played a lot of games because uh, he right. played for Scotland and he, he was a bit jaded. So, yeah. Um, amazing achievement Scott, for Scotland getting to the Euros. Yeah. Massive. Um, that they, uh, so, I guess we might see McFred in midfield, um, especially given Fred did not go to international duty. So we he get did McFred. Not, I mean, assuming Pogba's not fit because it is, apparently it's not a serious injury. Yeah. Um, so he he may be good enough for the bench. We'll see. But I mean, Fred and McTominay were keeping Pogba out. Anyway. Fitness or, yeah. or, or otherwise. I mean, which is whatever. Um, Fernandez, I guess Van der Beek might play. I wonder if he'll think actually he must win game, must play Bruno. Yeah, I'm going to assume that's it. Yeah. Tellers Tellers played left back um against West Brom, which is sort of interesting given oh, Luke injured. Shaw got injured yeah. and yeah. Brandon Williams is uh isolating or injured, one or the other, I can't remember. Yeah, He's... not not seen much of him. Yeah, and I mean I do wonder there's there's definitely gonna be a question because they didn't want to loan him out uh, in the summer. Uh I think because they're they're seeing um oh, summer. Uh, at the beginning of this season, I think because they see him as an understudy to um, Wan Bazaka, uh, he's a young player. He's uh, suffering a period out of the team, and and towards the back end of last season, not great form either. You know, I'd I'd like to see Williams back into the team. He's, um, you know, like not not saying he has to displant Telez or Wan Bazaka, but um, he's a good young player. I'd like to see some minutes for him. I don't expect it will come in this game. Um, and if he's not going to get any minutes, he, he, it's not good for him at all. And and I wonder whether there'll be talk about a January loan move if he's not getting any minutes at all and not likely to. Yeah, I was I was absolutely sure he was on a. I was absolutely sure he was unavailable. Um, that's why I, that's why I'm looking a bit confused because I thought I thought he was literally unavailable. I don't know. He, he went away match, with England under twenty ones because he was right, tweeting right, about right. it. So. All right, my bad. I got confused somehow. Um, all right, I don't know what else to say about any of this. I feel like everything. I feel like everything we've said on this episode, we've said before. We, we have. This we could have, just be but, a deep but, you fake. Know, but maybe everyone didn't. They forgot it, so we have to yeah. remind <laughs> yeah. them. So. Maybe. Yeah. No, we, I, we'd I, like some new things to talk about. Um, yeah. 
uh, with United, but that that involves United playing really well. Yeah. And and uh maybe some new players playing and um yeah. going on a run of games so we can talk about how fantastic United are and um, yeah, run of games in which we play well and win games is what yeah, I mean. Because we're definitely going on a run of games. That's definitely for sure. having the run of games. Yes. We I mean would like I all do... of that positive stuff, but it but uh, you know, and it's not overwhelmingly negative. Um, no, if United win the game in hand, they will not be that far off the top four. Um, and because, you know, it's early in the season and the league table is still quite compressed. Yeah, and it's but, it's a sort of, you know, so after this game, we've got Southampton away, which is a, a, a challenging game, then PSG at home, then West Ham away. Um, you know, there's, there's points to be had, aren't there? Right, that'll do. What's the score going to be against Istanbul? I'm going for a rubbishy 1-0 win. I'm going to say 3-0 because they're rubbish. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. We're, what about how we're rubbish? We are rubbish, but they are really rubbish. This is a really, well, really just, rubbish side. They, we scored one goal against them and they scored two goals against that's, us that's the true. last time we played yes, them. Yes, I'm, I'm hoping and, a lesson has been learned. <laughs> okay, good. All right, well, somehow plus, Ed thinks plus that... Agent Raphael yeah. going to lash one into his own net, isn't he? <laughs> At All the right. Stretford end, sprinting a hundred <laughs> yards up the field, <laughs> kissing the badge. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. Sorry about this. Um, we'll be back with another one of these after that game. Joy. Uh, by the way, Patreon backers, stay tuned. Uh, where I'm going to demonstrate in the Patreon content why Jose Mourinho's current form at Tottenham Hotspur is nothing for those of us who've made our position extremely clear to worry about based on past history. <laughs> You're dripping sweat, Paul. You're dri- and, <laughs> yeah, and, and, wait, hang, hang on, do you dye your hair? It's steady as a rock. Steady as a rock. All this right, is a podcast, um, they can't see that. No. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, um, uh, we'll see you all uh, later in the week, folks. Yeah, um, yeah, everyone else. Uh, we'll see you soon, Patreon backers. Stay tuned. <laughs>